Good morning, Manchester, and to those of you in surrounding towns, welcome to Hour 3 of Trot at Large. I am your amazed host, Rich Gerard. Thanks for tuning in. You can find us online at GerardAtLarge.com, and you can find us on Facebook and Twitter, also at Trot at Large, where we encourage you to like us and to follow us, because we just want to be loved. Coming up this hour is Felix Alvarado of Straight A Academy for our Is Our Children Learning segment. You'll want to stay tuned for that. But before we get there, 606-6762 is our call-in number. That's 606-6762. Let's, uh, let's take a moment to uh, talk about the coming campaign. You know, it's, it's funny, <clears throat> as we um, delve into what's happening, or we watch. See, all we have to do is watch. <laughs> you know, it, it's funny. People uh, uh, often, I don't know if it's a compliment or a curse at me, to be honest with you. It depends on who's saying it in one context. You're so smart. Now, if I were as smart as people said I would, I'd be able to figure out how to get people to understand what I'm saying or doing half the time. But I do two things. I observe. I watch intently. I pay attention, in other words, and I read. See, I believe that if you pay attention to what's happening around you and you read documents that are associated with what's happening around you, then you'll have a pretty good handle on what's going on. (laughs) So I was... uh, 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 channel surfing last night. I, you know, I I say channel surfing. Up, you know, the amount of TV I watch a week would probably fill a coffee cup. But there are times when I'll throw the TV on for background noise while I'm plugging away at stuff at my desk, or otherwise I need to um, do something to put my brain into a vegetative state, and that usually uh, entails doing a little channel surfing. And I don't have a lot of channels to surf because I don't have, you know, the 108,529 different cable channel package. I basically have the broadcast stations, the basic cable stuff, channel 22, 23. You know, I, I, I get that stuff. I get the, the entry level tier of cable. And I can't even call it the basic because the basic is actually, you know, where you start getting 130 channels. <laughs> so I don't, I don't have a broad range of things that I can, I can surf. And since I really don't pay attention to what happens on the networks, you know, the network news and stuff like that, I basically have channel 22, 16, 22, 23, 44, and I like to watch, you know, some of the stuff that's on Ion television, <laughs> you know, Blue Bloods, um, you know, Criminal Minds. I'm, I'm starting to become a bit of a fan of Law and Order, you know, and all the different Law and Order shows, but uh, not so much. I really wish they'd put Cold Case back on the air because I really liked that show. Anyway, that and Ghost Whisperer. Don't ask me why, but <laughs> I did. I did. I like Ghost Whisperer. It both, it both intrigued me and freaked me out. <laughs> oh, it was interesting stuff. But <clears throat> so I, I was uh, uh, channel surfing last night, and I happened to catch a show on Manchester Community Television where, where the people talking could not believe – they did two things. Our good friend Bob Backus, who's a state rep in Ward 12, uh, Mike Farley, and our, our dear friend Constance Van Houten was their guest. And uh, so I was, I was amazed at the conversation. They're like incredulous at the idea that the mayor said, despite coming in second, he did better than he did two years ago. Uh, 
Well, uh, uh, it's really not that hard to figure out because while his vote total was almost identical to what he got two years ago, literally it was under 200 votes difference. It was like 191 vote difference between what he got two years ago and this year. Um, the percentage of vote that he got this year was about 10% higher than it was two years ago. So if you take a look at it as a percentage of the people who turned out, it's clear that despite how he finished, he did better. And and people who were quick to ring the death bell of Ted Gatz's two years ago, because the combined vote of Joyce Craig and Patrick Arnold, with a little bit of help from Jawed Ali Baba Sheikh, uh, meant that, you know, 58% of the people voted against Ted Gatz's. He's dead on arrival. Well, yesterday, only 54% of the people who voted voted against Ted Gatzis because while Gatzis was about 191 votes off the pace of where he was two years ago, uh, Joyce Craig was actually, despite the fact that she got more votes uh, this time than last time, she underperformed the combined vote total that she and Patrick Arnold got by about 1,100 votes. And I think you got to add Alibaba shakes 400 some odd votes there. So, you know, in a year where the overall turnout was down 10 or 11% from the prior primary, and Gatsis's vote turnout was down about 3.5%, the opposition to Gatsis was down by 1,100 votes, uh, which is a pretty big chunk. So it was about 15, 15 to 18% less votes cast for opponents of Ted Gatz's this year as opposed to two years ago. And to their credit, they kind of circled around and uh, they had, uh, you know, they kind of circled around and said, well, maybe it's this, but, you know, it started off like Gatz's is a buffoon, bald-faced lies to the public. Uh, about his having done better (laughs) well he did and we're still waiting for the r's d's and i's in other words the number of republicans democrats and independents who turned out so we can really complete the analysis and the analysis will be here's how the analysis will go because you have no other way really of doing it you'll take the number of democrats who turned out and assume automatically that they voted for joyce craig and you'll take the number of republicans who turned out and you'll assume automatically uh, uh, or you'll assign them as people who've had it all voted for Ted Gatzis. And then you'll see how the independents broke. And this is a key for Gatzis uh, to win. Because when he eked out that win two years ago, it was true that nearly 80% of all, if you do that, R, what we call the RDI analysis, if you do that analysis, you have to conclude that nearly 80% of all of the independents who turned out to vote in the general election two years ago voted for Ted Gatz's. If you see a break from that in the primary, which I don't think you will, because, because you know at the end of the day, it ended up being what? 54, 46, roughly eight points. So if the Democratic turnout outpaced the Republican turnout by eight points or more, then all is well in Gatz's land. If the uh, if the Democratic turnout is less than eight points higher than the Republican turnout, then there'll be trouble in Gatz's land. You see how that works? 
Hope I have the math equation correct on that. In the meantime, these folks circled into the conversation on sanctuary cities. And I have to tell you, it is really distressing to hear these people. Now the mantra is, oh, and I have a little tidbit. And now the mantra is that, well, you know, the problem with the sanctuary city discussion is that there's no real definition of what sanctuary city means. So to me, sanctuary city is what we're doing here in Manchester, says Connie Van Houten. It's not the other thing. Well, what's the other thing? Well, the other thing is what a sanctuary city actually is. So they're, they're trying to confuse what uh, cities like Manchester are doing, where people run around and say, oh, yes, we need to be a sanctuary city because we need and want people to feel safe in our community. And we want them to, um, you know, we want them to report when they're a victim of crime or be a witness when they witness, a, uh, you know, when a crime is committed. And we don't want to punish them. By by rewarding them with uh, you know a, a notification to ICE, yeah, okay, fine. Like we've talked about, it. I don't have time to hash it here. We've talked about that, and I understand the practicality of what the Manchester Police Department in particular is doing. And on a practical level, I'm okay with it. But the idea that we have to be a sanctuary city for that to uh, allow to happen is false. And everybody is forgetting what Chief Willard said on this radio show and elsewhere is that he will not be a sanctuary city police chief and if the board orders him to do that he is going to defy the board and make them fire him because he will not do that why because what it really means to be a sanctuary city for all these people who are making pretend it's something else so that they don't offend voters is to refuse to cooperate with federal authorities on the removal of people here illegally who have also committed crimes whether it's drunk driving murder rape assault robbery burglary breaking and entering whatever it is if they're here illegally and they've also been collared by the cops for committing a crime we want our police department to notify ice that these dirtbags have done that so that they can be removed from our community if you don't do that like say lawrence then you attract the criminal element that will deal with your local law enforcement authorities because they'll be patsies compared to what the feds can and will do to them, especially under President Trump. And you, and you, and you block the city's ability to do the work that it needs to do to keep itself safe, which includes notifying authorities when they've collared for crimes committed people who are here illegally. I, I mean, that, that conversation, I went looking for the duct tape because I didn't want pieces of what was left of my brain to be splattered all over my office. Head to explode. But here's a little tidbit I got from a little birdie about a conversation they had with Dan Bergeron, the school board member in Ward 6. So uh, th- th- this person had a conversation with Dan uh, about the tax. People are kind of upset with him for not answering the questions in the union leader. Uh, 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 questionnaire. So this person asked him about the tax cap. And his answer was, well, what the Democrats have been uh, training us to say is that, of course, we support the tax cap because it's a law of the city, but the tax cap uh, also includes an override, which we should use for prudent budgeting. (laughs) 
Now, you laugh at that, but when you take a look at the answers of the Democrats who answered the question that way, and you you note that they were remarkably familiar, just know that uh, thanks to a conversation that Mr. Bergeron had with a constituent of his at a grocery store, that we now know the Democrats are actively training their candidates on how to get around honest answers to the question on the tax cap. Ain't that great? Now, something else you need to know, I got this material from, uh, it was John DePietro, Ward 6, school board candidate. The candidates in the primary had been invited by a media outlet to do a round table. And, uh, you know, all the candidates, school board and aldermen in the ward, open to, you know, voters, et cetera, et cetera. Well, DePietro was all in, as were, I believe, Moreau, uh, I don't know about Van Orden or whatnot. I didn't uh, didn't read it. But guess who didn't go? The Democrats. <laughs> and guess what? <laughs> the answer that Bergeron and McCone gave was almost identical, word for word, as to why uh, they 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 wouldn't attend. So if you think that the uh, Democrats, who, by the way, have raised over the city Democrat Party, who's raised over $32,000 to play in the campaign this year, to say nothing of the other interest groups that are pouring money in behind them, if you think that they aren't coordinated, organized, and pushing a narrative through their candidates, well, I guess you better check carefully their answers and know that Gee, if they sound a lot, it's because they're not only looking at their classmates' homework to copy it, they're being given that homework to copy by the teacher who will smack their knuckles with a ruler because that's what the city Democratic Party does if they fall out of line. So if you're looking for independent representation at the Board of Aldermen or the Board of School Committee in the city of Manchester, check those answers if they're given pretty carefully. If they seem too close to one another to have been independent thoughts, you're probably right. This is Gerard at Large. 